When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. I'm Stephanie Safarian, and this is episode 100. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hello there, and thank you for joining me on this 100th episode. Holy moly, 100 episodes. I can hardly believe it. What are you doing on Black Friday? Are you waking up in the middle of the night? Are you going to stand in line, perhaps in the freezing cold, and elbow your way through crowds of fellow consumers in hopes of scoring an epic Black Friday-only deal? How about on Cyber Monday? Now, Cyber Monday is harder to ignore, right? And that's because you can shop from the peace and quiet of your home in the comfort of your pajamas if you'd like. You do you. (laughs) And since we're already on our favorite store's email lists, and since these companies are always tracking our presences on their websites, these companies are emailing us deals teasing us with targeted ads, and priming us well before Cyber Monday even arrives to buy, buy, and buy some more. My guest today is Barbara Alfeo. Barbara is a fellow blogger who is on the show today to first explain the origins of Black Friday. For those of you who have no idea what Black Friday is, perhaps you're an international listener, hello. She's also here to offer alternative ideas to shopping on Black Friday. What I love about my chat today with Barbara is that she offers ideas that are exciting and out of the norm, but are still structured so that your day after Thanksgiving doesn't become an anarchic mess where you just want to pull your hair out by 3 p.m. Even better, there's the opportunity in today's episode to create anti-Black Friday traditions that can be celebrated in subsequent years. Enjoy the interview. Barbara, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk to me today all about Black Friday. I have been following you on Instagram for a while and I just love your content. I love your message. I love the personality you infuse into everything you do. So for people who don't know who you are, tell us, who are you and what do you blog about? My name's Barbara Alfeo, and I write a blog called Sunshine Gorilla. In my regular non-internet life, I am an art educator, and I use art to teach kids about the environment and um, taking care of the environment. and 
once I had my own kids, I started thinking about all the ways that families can kind of be connecting with that message and and then thinking more broadly about how does someone get started environmentalism. And so I started writing Sunshine Gorilla just about any way I could think of that somebody might connect with taking care of the planet. So the blog is super broad, but has tons and tons of great ideas to help people get started. Yes. And what I love about your blog is that it's not only is it really well written, which I appreciate as a former English teacher, but it also really appeals to environmentally leaning moms, especially moms with young children. So thank you for all all that you're doing and all that you're putting out into the world. Today, we are going to talk about Black Friday. And we're going to talk about, I think we're probably going to talk about why it's not the greatest day in the whole world. (laughs) But before we even get there, I want you, if you could, to give us a little bit of a history behind First of all, what Black Friday is for those listeners who may not be in America, so may not even have this faux holiday, where did it originate and what generally occurs on Black Friday? So Black Friday is a huge shopping day in the United States, and it's known for these like doorbuster sales, which are you go and get in line at like four in the morning or some crazy time so that you can get a cheap television or a cheap, I don't know, TV is always the big one, microwave or something. It started in the 50s and I read that it got its name that police officers in Philadelphia started calling it Black Friday because it would make the traffic in downtown Philadelphia terrible. So they hated it because people were going shopping and creating this sort of mess. And eventually the market, first they they tried to work against the name and like came up with their own plays on Black Friday. And then by the 80s, just embraced it. And I know when I was growing up, I have no real memory of there not being a Black Friday that I remember it being like a thing my aunts were going to go do the day after Thanksgiving and them talking about it. But it certainly has picked up speed year after year, and now it's just this expectation that everyone will do it, and it's grown into kind of a whole weekend thing. So there's Small Business Saturday, and then I think Cyber Monday. So the expectation is you got some days off for Thanksgiving. You don't have to work. Clearly, the only thing you need to do with that time is just shop. Go shopping the whole time. Yeah. uh, It's really such a crazy concept, right? Because on Thursday, everything's closed. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. You're presumably spending the day with your loved ones. And then on Friday, many people, I would say, don't have work on that Friday between Thanksgiving and the weekend. Some people do, especially essential personnel, but many people don't. So what, the stores are closed on Thursday, so we have to all go extra crazy consumer on Friday <laughs> with stores opening in the middle of the night and What's crazy to me as I was preparing for this interview is that I wanted to know, like, has anybody ever died shopping for these deals on Black Friday? And the answer is yes. As of right now, (laughs) there have been 12 deaths and 117 shopping-related injuries, like fights with knives, like knife fights over televisions and things. Um you know, that didn't result in a death, but certainly resulted in a stab wound. And that is just crazy to me that 
we dedicate a whole day to shopping, shopping, shopping till we're dropping, literally, (laughs) for Christmas. Yeah. Well, and I think there's something that's so crazy about the suggestion that, okay, it's the beginning of the Christmas season, so it's the beginning of the shopping season, that Christmas is really just about shopping. So to kick off Thanksgiving's over, it's Christmas time, clearly the most intense, hardcore, knife-bearing consumerism, it's time, right? Like throw down, it's time to shop. Rather than saying, this is the beginning of the Christmas season and we're going to go to church or spend time with family or all these other connotations we have for Christmas. It's just Christmas as like a consumer blood sport. Like that, that is the point. We're going to talk about all your ideas for how to celebrate Black Friday in ways that does not include shopping. But I wanted to ask one more clarifying question before we even get there. On your blog, you mentioned that you feel as though the average consumer today uses shopping to fill holes in his or her life. What do you mean by that? Uh, I I think I mean a couple of things. I think one of my theories, having written about consumerism and the environment for a couple of years now, is that we use consumerism to fill holes that community used to fill in our life, that we feel lonely or we feel sad and we don't have someone to talk to or we don't have a community to tap into and so we go shopping instead or that we use shopping as a way to connect to people or also to connect to communities that we want to be a part of. So an obvious example would be like sports fans that you love – insert sports – Steelers. So you go and buy a bunch of Steelers stuff. There's no actual connection between having a bunch of shirts that say Steelers and your commitment to the team, but in shopping for the team, it it adds to your sense of community. And I think that it fills a lot of emotional needs in that way. So we tend to use it to do all sorts of things. Another example I can think of that's obvious is target moms. There's these sort of expectations that like moms love Target and moms go and hang out at Target. Why is that? And is it that they need a place to connect with other moms? Are they lonely? Where is that coming from? So I think that it does fill a bunch of spaces that maybe other things used to fill. I think you're totally right. And going off your Steelers example – taking that maybe one step further, you know, when we buy something, when we buy something for reasons other than utility, I'm thinking like the new fashionable dress or clothing item, whatever it is, I don't even know what it is. But when we make purchases out of want and not out of need, a big driving force between that want is to fit in or to be noticed or to be liked or to be whatever. We're we're looking for feedback from our peers and our neighbors and whoever else that validate us that we're we're good, we're right, we're we're one of them. And it's really interesting to me how shopping fills some real deep holes that many of us have, which is 
the human condition to be liked and loved and accepted. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it's like that cute dress is a want, but belonging is a need, is a human need that we have. So getting the two conflated, it makes it slippery. It makes it hard to take one away from the other. Hmm. Well, I know at my Thanksgiving table (laughs) this year, there will be Black Friday talk because I am pretty darn certain that some members attending my my meal will be getting up in the middle of the night to go stand in stores. And I think it goes without saying that I will not be joining them. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost as though participating in Black Friday is expected. And if you say in some circles that you're not participating in Black Friday, it's it's kind of like, what? Well, what what are you going to do instead? You got to start getting ready for Christmas. You got to start buying. And so today's episode is really about all the other things we can do instead of participating in Black Friday. And I'd love to start with getting outside. What are some ideas that go beyond taking a walk? There are so many fun ways to sort of connect with the outdoors. And one of the ones that I really love is going and planting trees or going and planting. We don't think of November as a a planting month, but depending on where you live in the United States, it's actually a great time to plant because a lot of things need a dormant phase before they start growing. So I love planting. I love if you're in a city and you don't have that kind of green space, you could still just go be a tourist where you live. And, and I mean, I'm in Seattle. Like, it'd be kind of an amazing day to go to the Space Needle or do one of those things where you, it's a bit of an adventure. It's, it's not your normal routine, but you maybe don't necessarily do it as much as you think you do, if that makes sense. It could also be simple, like, I'm an art teacher. I love to go out and do a craft, go connect or go find a bunch of these leaves that have just fallen on the ground and make beautiful prints or go try, you know, try geocaching or fly a kite. There are so many um, activities that you can do outside. I know um, when I was growing up, I had tons of cousins and we would go outside and play kickball or just play outside. I think the opportunity to just play, like how many days do we actually take advantage of that? But Black Friday could actually be a really fun time to do that. Yeah, that's an excellent point. It is an entire day off for so many of us. And it's it's better than a weekend day because usually weekends are filled up with whatever, carting the kids here to this activity or cleaning up the lawn or cooking for the week ahead, right? It's it's better than a weekend day. It's an entire day off that you know is coming, but if you plan for it appropriately, it won't pass by in the blink of an eye. So I love the idea of like doing something simple, but also something that you don't get to do all that often. I wanted to ask you, well, first of all, are you hosting Thanksgiving? <laughs> we we are. Usually we travel home, but this year we are hosting. Our, my in-laws are coming. Oh, very nice. Well, for me, when I host Thanksgiving, usually Black Friday consists of me putting my house back together. 
putting the china away and organizing the food and the fridge in ways that ensure that we're actually going to eat all those leftovers. But I'd love to do some fun things in the kitchen that don't involve maintenance and cleaning. So what are some of your favorite activities in the kitchen the day after Thanksgiving? Well, my favorite one is to have a leftovers party. So I think most people get to the other end of Thanksgiving and they have something left. And thinking about sort of fun ways to use that creatively or, you know, to have everybody back over again and just eat leftovers and have a low stakes meal. Thanksgiving can feel so high pressure because there's so many things to cook and you can't leave out anybody's favorite thing. The next day, all bets are off. You can just have turkey sandwiches and do what actually seems like fun and easy to you. So that can be a good way to get rid of stuff too. The other thing that I really love is just baking. When I was a kid, I grew up in Pennsylvania, the first day of deer season was the Monday after Thanksgiving. And we would all go to my Nana's house and bake cookies, all the grandkids, because we had the day off school, but our parents mostly had to work. And it was such a blast. And we still, as adults, go to my Nana's house and make cookies sometime in the season because it's just one of our favorite things that we do. And so I think it's a really good time to start some sort of baking tradition and just have it come from a place that you really love. What I love about you talking about a childhood memory is that it's baking with your grandma. It's not like that's a memory that in a tradition that stands out for you. It's not going to the stores and getting cheap stuff. And I think about my own family and you're right. Like Black Friday would be the perfect day to start making your Christmas cookies, for example. Four weeks, you could freeze those and they will be a-okay and just in time for the holidays. You know, if you're the type of person who always needs to be preparing, preparing, preparing in advance, I kind of have some of that in me. Black Friday would be a great day to get baking. Maybe you're making those pie crusts for for Christmas. But going back to spending the day with your family, I wonder whether some of us participate in Black Friday because the thought of a fully unstructured day at home with kids, this is terrible to say, but sounds like chaos and sounds um, not so fun. So I'm wondering what ways can all of us have a unstructured day with our families in ways that are enjoyable and in ways that don't leave us as parents wanting to pull our hair out. I wish I knew the whole secret to that. I feel like we're also totally guilty of like, let's just get out of the house so you can't destroy it completely. But I think so much of it is getting ahead of it. And I think that having a tradition or a ritual that gets you ahead of it can be a really fun way to do that. So you could make a family tradition of like looking at pictures from the year or building a giant fort in your living room that still have kind of an out of the norm excitement to it that depending on your kids and your family members 
they could really get excited about and get behind, but also isn't necessarily just a free-for-all or the expectation that you would entertain them all day long. The other idea I have that I really like is doing a board game tournament. Oh my gosh, I love that. Right? I just think that's so fun and the kind of thing you would really remember. I, my husband's family especially is amazing about this. They do – we can play Settlers of Catan at my mother-in-law's table for hours. And everybody has such a fun time. And obviously it depends on the personality. But I think that that's the kind of thing that could be a memory for a really long time. Yes. Oh, I'm stealing that. My kids are a little young for <laughs> Settlers of Catan. We're going to be playing Shoots and Ladders <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Candyland. But I love that idea because it still has some sort of structure in the form of games. but. It's unstructured, fun, special time that you wouldn't ordinarily – it's something you wouldn't ordinarily do on a on a humdrum Saturday, again, because you're doing other stuff. What I also love about that suggestion is that you're kind of taking back the day. You're making your own tradition that has nothing to do with shopping or purchasing or being a consumer. And another suggestion you offer on your blog is – that Black Friday is a great day to give back. What do you mean by that and what examples can you offer? A lot of us think of Thanksgiving as maybe going to a food pantry or donating food leading up to Thanksgiving. And then after that, the attention sort of shifts. But I think Black Friday is actually the perfect day to do something like make and send care packages to soldiers who've just spent the holidays away from their family or to do a clean-out day and do donations. Most of us, I think, when we're looking towards Christmas can see the, like, train of stuff coming, and we can look around our spaces and see that there are things that we don't need anymore, and maybe that's a really good day to think about making those boxes and just committing the day to this is what we're going to donate and this is how we're going to help people. There are other really cool ones. You could volunteer or just – Combine some ideas and go for a walk around your neighborhood and clean up or see how neighbors need help. So it doesn't have to be anything official, but more thinking about I can look around my world that's closest to me and see how I can, can help right there. And that can be a really fun way to spend a morning. Yeah, you said a lot of things in that response that resonated with me. And the first one was that how... Leading up to Thanksgiving, the emphasis is is on being grateful and and you know giving giving back in the form of a food pantry donation or maybe you volunteer a soup kitchen. But the second the last plate is cleared from the Thanksgiving table for many of us, everything shifts. It's no longer about being grateful for what we have. It's about getting buying preparing more for the craziness that is December. And I've been talking a lot about on the show lately about how marketers, companies, they just see us as consumers. They just see us as potential purchasers of their products. But I've been thinking of myself 
in much more dynamic terms lately. I don't consider myself a consumer. I want to consider myself instead a helper, a volunteer, a a friend. And so when you talk about giving back in ways that aren't too difficult, to be honest, your ideas were absolutely accessible for most of us. It kind of validates that we're not just consumers, where we are helpers, we are friends, we are volunteers. So I really, I really appreciate that thoughtful response. All right, I have I have to know what will you and your family be doing on Black Friday this year? So the first thing we do is in my family, we have a very strict rule that you can't do any um Christmas. No Christmas music, no Christmas mu- movies, no Christmas decorating until Thanksgiving's over. We just don't do it. So part of it is we just turn on Christmas music and we hang out. And then we tend to go do something. Like we go to a concert or we'll go the zoo where we live does lights. So we'll go see the the lit up lights or do something like that. Um, So I think probably those two things for sure. And then other than that, I'm not, I'm not sure yet what we'll do. I like the idea of it not being super, super rushed. Yeah. Cause the season's rushed enough as it is. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so much like with every holiday, that's like, check it off the list, check it off the list, check it off the list. And I know, at least for me this year, like we got past Halloween and I was, I felt kind of relieved. Like, okay, we've, we've done all of the things that we, we needed to do or whatever. And it can be that same getting stuck in a consumer mindset of like, we have to do everything or we have to get, get it all done as opposed to like, it's okay if actually we, this doesn't happen for us this year, you know, or that kind of thing. So I'm trying to slow it down a little bit. Yeah, it's almost like there's 10 boxes, let's say, to check off. And we're so focused on checking off the boxes where we're not even enjoying the act of doing these activities. And I totally agree with you. This year, my goal is to not try to do all the things and <laughs> not do 10 bo- check off 10 boxes instead maybe only do five things but do those five things with my whole heart and my whole being and be fully present for them i'll report back in january to see <laughs> if i actually did it but <laughs> all right one more question for you and that is about cyber monday you had mentioned how Black Friday was just used to be this one day, but now it's like morphed into the next week with Cyber Monday and the deals are here, there, everywhere. And Cyber Monday is much easier to participate in because we can do it in our pajamas on our computers. And I would assume that because participating in Cyber Monday is so much easier, it's also easier to spend more money and buy more things than we perhaps need or want. So I'm wondering, what ideas do you have for not buying too much on Cyber Monday? Well, I think the the thing that has worked for our family really, really well is that we have just set really clear-cut limits on how many gifts we give. So our kids get three gifts and a stocking. 
and each of us gets three gifts and a stocking, and that's it. And for everyone else, we buy one gift. So just by putting that that limit, hard limit on it, we basically know, we kind of sit down with our list and fill in the blanks, and it's done. So there's a certain amount of limitation just going into it that keeps all of the shopping to a minimum. I think the other thing for... Cyber Monday is probably, yeah, I, one of the pieces of advice I give people a lot to avoid consumerism is just, if you see something you want, but you hadn't even thought of it, like have a, an app on your phone or a notebook and write it down, take a picture of it, but don't buy it right then. And if you are still thinking about it later, then maybe it's worth going back and getting it. I think that same is probably true on Cyber Money, Monday, where you get overwhelmed with these deals, but they're never that great of deals. And just say like, oh yeah, that is cool. Maybe I would get that. Just write it down instead of buying it. And you can always come back to it later, even later in the day, and just like give empowering yourself to slow, slow down and not buy into that sense of urgency that they want you to feel because that will make you buy things. Yeah, it's fake urgency. The urgency is just another selling tactic at the end of the day. I think back to, you know, Amazon Prime Day where everything has an individualized countdown where you must buy before the countdown. And that's just another selling tactic. There's no rush. Conscious, smart consumers don't allow themselves to get swept up by the hype in the first place, I would, I would, I would argue. Right. And I think if you can go into that knowing these are what my actual ideas are, then seeing new things maybe isn't as overwhelming. And if you hadn't thought of it before, it's probably not a need. So you just don't don't trust that little countdown. Like, you're fine. You're okay. You don't need it. Yes, that's a perfect last word. You're fine. You don't need it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Barbara, this was such a wonderful conversation I want all my listeners to check out your amazing blog. So where can they find you online? My website is just sunshinegorilla.com. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me there. I'm constantly posting about just easy ways to get involved in environmental environmentalism, easy ways to to shift your life and to notice the sort of larger positive effects that come from that. I want to thank you one more time for coming on the show. I will absolutely link to your website in this week's show notes. And I really look forward to seeing how you celebrate your Black Friday on Instagram. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'll be sure to put it up. (laughs) Take care. Thanks. You too. I so hope you enjoyed that interview with Barbara Alfeo over at Sunshine Gorilla. How will you be spending Black Friday? Join our informal pledge to not buy and tell us what you'll be doing instead in our private Facebook group, Sustainable Minimalists. We've got an official thread going over there, and I'd love to hear what it is you and your family will be doing. On next week's show, we are getting motivated to declutter before Christmas with the why, the what, and the how. And if you are celebrating Thanksgiving this week, I wish you a very happy 
and a very peaceful day around the dinner table. I'll see you next week. Take care.